This is the Intelligent Human Voice Podcast Network. I'm your host, Pat Mann, from the Bay to L.A. and beyond. <sighs> Good people, it is the wee hours of the night. And the wee hours of the night is usually when, you know, goodness just tends to flow into my psyche, into my essence, into my brain, into my my I-ness, my I amness. And uh, <laughs> it, it's it's just been a, a fantastic week of unlearning and evolvement and transformation. So unlearning, evolvement, and transformation. Someone's asking, uh, well, how so? Where'd this come from? Well, well, uh, <laughs> well, we know where the source come from. The source comes, comes from God. Comes from God and messengers, messengers that that are that have been put on the planet. You know, served their time, did what they needed to do, and you know. Time to go home. God said, come on home. You did your part. In my discovery, in just this past week and past weekend, and I have to I have to thank a friend who reached out to me to what I feel was checking me on my my religious beliefs and status, which is even to this day I feel like was really weird, but you know. All good. Good intentions, the whole nine. But I'm I'm like, well, unless you really know what I've experienced from the day I entered the womb up until now, please don't judge me. And (laughs) you go your way about your life. I'll go my way. And hey, see you in heaven. All right. Because, um. Man, I, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just, I, I keep saying wow. I just keep saying wow, like so much. Now I get it. Now I get where. Let me share this with you before I go into what what I'm going to share. My grandfather was a minister, right in the '70s. He broke away from a bigger church. This is the story. So I'm sharing the story. And this is what's going to lead into the subject of this podcast today. My grandfather, I asked my mom uh, about a year ago in the middle of the pandemic. She has this picture of my grandparents um, on her TV stand. You know, it's what she has. She's watching TV. She picture is right there so you can't help but see it I don't have a, that picture you know it's a lot of stuff went down with my family when my grandparents passed it wasn't good anyway so I asked I asked my mom my mom's almost I think she's like 85 years old or something like that right I asked her I said so when did your father 
you know, decide he wanted to be a minister? Did he, did he go to missionary school? I mean, what, what happened? I mean, and my mom's sharp. She's still sharp, you know. She doesn't fool me. She might fool other people, but she's still sharp. She got her full mentality, if you're asking me. I've heard her when I'm asleep. <laughs> you know, stayed a couple of nights on the sofa and woke up the next morning here just running off at the mouth about all kind of stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. This lady is still who she is. <laughs> 50 years ago. Same person. Just in the older body. Same nonsense. Anyway, so I, I asked her, I say, uh, yeah, well, how did this all get started? I could see she was kind of hesitating on if she wanted to share the information. So she proceeded because she know I'm the kind of person asking questions. I've always been like this. And not, not to say I took whatever answer I was receiving too hard. I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm just asking a question of, of an adult you know, as a child of these adults, not saying that I believe your answer, but you know, okay, all right. So I asked my mama, said, uh, he said, what happened? She said, nah, he didn't go to no missionary school. <laughs> your grandfather was a deacon in the church at Evergreen, and he decides one day that. Know, he wants to preach and the good preacher was like nah I don't I don't uh nah, I don't, I don't think so I don't think you I don't think you're that good I think I don't think you're that good yet I think you need some time and uh but prior to that prior to going to church I'm skipping them skipping around prior to the whole church life the religious life they all migrated from Louisiana um as far as I'm understanding, because I'm learning this information like just this year about my mother's side of the family, because she never talked to us at all about anything. Just assume we had to assume stuff, and it was just so confusing. Especially when you have different fathers, and you're like, what? Why is that my grandma? How do I have three grandmothers? What? Yeah, that kind of confusion. Um. So prior to them, you know, my, my grandfather and his and his wife and her sisters who followed, I think everybody followed because he had a brother out here as well, maybe two brothers. So between Louisiana and Fresno and wherever else uh, they were migrating from, my father's side, of, I mean, my mother's side of family, uh, you know, got to California, Northern California, and was like, whoa, you know, done, Eureka. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, they partook in the life of, you know, black people or um, actually were part Native American as well, um, you know, to whatever was going on in, you know, the 40s and 30s <laughs> I have no idea I wasn't here but partying was good so I heard the partying was good the going out and 
clubbing and having a good time was it was a thing to do especially in northern california um and one day my grandmother's sister has a dream she has a dream that they need to go to church <laughs> i don't know if it's a devil or whoever but somebody something that put the fear in her that god said y'all better cut all this clubbing out and get to church and so i'm like what i'm hearing mother talk about this like she had a dream i said she wait a minute she they saying you telling me that fear drove them to god it's like god is nothing to fear god doesn't want you to fear him he doesn't want you to doubt him or anything and i just sat back going you know what this entire family makes so much sense now because I've always felt like I did not belong. Um, I rejected my body, rejected soul food. My body rejected, you know, all the meats. And I'll go into that in a minute. I don't want to jump around. So my, the whole family, grandparents, um, you know, and then their daughters, you know, everybody's got to go to church now. Everybody's going to church. And of course, not everybody wants to go to church. So, you know, they want to keep going with the party and club and lifestyle, right? Because that's how they saw their parents doing. So they figured they'd do it. It's like, oh, no, no, no. They were like, no, everybody's going to church. We going to church. And, um... That didn't work out for a lot of them. Uh, one of the sisters became a Jehovah Witness, took off to Chicago, never to return to California ever again. She's still in Chicago to this day. The other sister uh, was deaf or became deaf, uh, lived off a disability. Her husband was a, um, not sure what her husband did, my uncle, I'm not sure what he did. Um, I know he's a deacon in the church and it seemed like they were the only ones in the family that actually had money mobile homes and brand new cars and big house i never really asked you know how did how is it that they're wealthy and all the rest of us are living in apartments here what I, what is going on here did i miss something here uh yeah i used to wear furs she used to wear furs and fur coats and just like what oh what what's going on here i didn't I missed something because my mother didn't wear fur coats. Like I said, we lived in a small apartment complex in North Oakland. It's insane. So, as I'm, uh, as church is happening, generations, or, you know, the first generation of my mother kids, you know, they, I didn't see them. I don't remember seeing any of them while we were in church so here's the thing here's what happened as I'm putting all these pieces together of the story of my origin and memories that I remember as a kid in the 70s uh, by the time no here's here's what happened when the preacher the main preacher of the church that they were going to 
turned my grandfather down to be a, to preach because he said, oh, you're not not that good of a preacher and whatever, you know, just be the deacon. And he got pissed off and decided he'd start his own church. And so he branched away from this big church in, in Oakland called Evergreen. And uh, down there on Peralta in West Oakland, um, started his own little church. Now, here's the thing. He's thinking, which is a trip because it correlates with my life right now or the life that I've lived. And I'm going, what is going on here? You know, this is so weird with my family. So, you know, he, since he brought everybody there to, to that church, like his brothers and his wife and his sisters and in-laws and all this stuff, his kids and the whole nine. All right, well, I'm going to start my own church. And they rejected him. No one, <laughs> no one, everybody said no. Everybody said no, but his, but his wife. Of course, you got to stick by your husband, you know, so his wife. And then as my mother just kept having children, that first generation, you know, they stayed at Evergreen as well. The only one that didn't was my older brother. So my two older sisters, went to church with my mother if they went to church can't really tell if they did or not because <laughs> we were at my father's church I, I don't think they got up you know my mother didn't drive so well she had to call somebody yeah yeah she did she had friends that went but she didn't drive anyway so we were split up you know some people went to evergreen some people went, my, went to my grandfather's church and when i say some people is basically um, all his grandchildren are actually just my mother's grandchildren because her other sister didn't have any kids because she was the baby uh, of the family but my other sister with the fur coats had kids but no one here's the thing no one would come to the church they would only come to the church on holidays I guess that was the agreement they had my grandfather say, all right, you don't want to follow me? Well, I better see you on Easter Sunday and I better see you on different holidays like Thanksgiving and around the Christmas time. That was the only time that church was full and packed. It was a small little church. It was a liquor store on one end and an old auto mechanic shop at the other end. And in between that, there was all kind of uh, different churches and industrial area uh, there in West Oakland. So, yeah, that's the only time we saw. That's the only time would see my mother on, on Sundays. I didn't I only saw my mother at like 7 o'clock in the morning for her yelling and screaming at us to get up and go to church, get ready for my grandfather to come pick us up. So here's the thing, too, and it was kind of disheartening when I started thinking about, you know, everything so they rejected my grandfather. He rejected his philosophy and idea of starting his own church. Like you, you've gone to nobody missionary school. We're not going to your church. You know, you, he said it was a calling. You know, God wanted him to preach. So he set out and started his own church. Here's the thing. He had another minister that, you know, partnered up with him. Um, but the rest of the members, and he got a few people to rally through. So. There was, but I'm, I'm not kidding you. We were like the majority. Me and my brothers and sisters were the majority. 
And then there was this family, this one family from Berkeley. Um, they had a couple of, it was a couple of teenage girls or girls uh, there. So that was the only girls that we saw because we were mostly all boys and stuff. Um, my cousins and my brothers and whatnot. Um, so, so the, the thing was my grandfather. So, yeah, so I was, when I learned about this, you know, I was, I was kind of like, man, that that's, that's messed up because they, we only saw them on there's pictures, there's pictures of everybody showing up and you can see my grandfather's face when they, you know, doors was opening and they come walking in and like, oh, there's, there's the family, there's the family. And I was just shocked every time because, you know, rest of the year, we didn't see nobody. Um, so flash forward, uh, my grandfather passes. But in between all of that, we're forced to go to now we're forced to go to the big church because now my grandfather has passed and mom's like yo y'all gotta stay in church now i'm gonna go to evergreen by this time evergreen has grown into this mega church you know like 100 people in the choir balconies you know uh, about two three hundred people in the balcony two three p hundred people on the top floor uh, uh, school at the bottom it was just insane and our church was small so we weren't used to this giant big mega church thing and um, it was a trip because my grandfather and this minister this mega church minister preached on the doctrines that money was a root to all evil and it just didn't resonate with me, but they just kept forcing on me. Oh, riches, don't you will never be the rich? Just in misinterpreting the Bible, every quote that had anything to do with being wealthy, just dismissed it. Now, here's the thing: you would think that they would do this because, and 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 to go along with that is you're not worthy, you're unworthy for this. Just all the flippings of the Bible in their own misinterpretations in this slave mentality this slave-like mentality that you're not worthy of having good things and that you shouldn't flourish and you shouldn't you know do these things and it was just the generation i came the star seeds in the 70s totally rejecting this like i was just questioning everything it made no sense to me now flash forward Nah, I want to give you some middle ground there. So, having these indoctrinations, you know, built within my psyche. And a lot of times I had nightmares because all they talked about was going to hell and whatever you didn't do. You know, for the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and everything in that. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. I'm like, wow. Yo, pit. Pitch fire, devil's horn, and you're going to be the blaze of fire. Hell, 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 hell. Took everything in the Bible literally, literally. Never educated themselves on philosophies, anything. Just took whatever, and I'm going to say the white man because they're in the middle of the church. 
a white Jesus with blue eyes, you know, a white Jesus, basically. This was all over Oakland, everywhere. Every household that, that was going to church on Sunday mornings had the white Jesus, you know, crucify white Jesus everywhere. It was, it was really baffling. So, and then all the unworthiness, but it was a trip about it's like unworthy, poor. If you, if you think these things, you're going to become these things. Now, this is me just being, uh, uh, having my own mind, you know, that is the oneness with God saying these things as a child going, you know, not saying it out loud, but I'm like, this makes no sense. I mean, you're always talking about you have no money. That's why you don't have any money because you you're against it. You don't use it as an energy. I don't think God wants you to be broke on earth. And if you've never had money, oh my God, that's a thing too. I, I, I don't understand people who have money or who have been successful with money. They'll say things like, oh, money isn't everything. And I'm like, well, is that if that's true, then give me what you have so you can have nothing. And I have everything. And I'm going to show you how I'm going to show you how it feels to have nothing. And I dare you to try to do something without anything. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. It is very impossible. You know, um, people don't take you serious if you, you ain't got no money. I'm like, wait a minute, this this guy's trying to tell me about God. He's trying to get me to improve my life. And he's driving a Pinto. No, no. So flash forward, all this conditioning that I've received since I was a child. Can't get things right in my life for whatever. I, you know, I felt guilty. I started to feel guilty for making money. I, I was feeling guilty all this time for making money, for building up my life, for, for going on a different path. And I come back to my family, oh, look, look what I know. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to break this generational curse that you guys are in. You, you, think, you think money is bad? Money is not bad. You can't do anything without it. Yet you're okay receiving money from the government to help you with your single family household. How does that work out? How does it work out that you're going to wait around for something for nothing? How is it that these same people can live with these indoctrinated falsehoods about not pursuing wealth in their life to build the kingdom of heaven within themselves on planet earth thy will be done yet they're okay with receiving money from the government to have children out of wedlock and to live in single family homes how is that even possible the duality of it makes no sense at all. Never has. So I've been living in a world of confusion for over 50 years. 50 years is a long time. But it's like every, every, every 10 years I evolved into a 
closer, closer, uh, um, closer steps to understanding what God is, what the plan is, what the mission is, that everything that I've been taught had been misinterpreted and twisted around for, I can't even say for selfish ways. It was just ignorance, ignorance, you know, just ignorant of what they do not know. Ready to mimic what someone else is teaching them without going out and sourcing that information for themselves. It's unreal. And what's happening? The generations since in the past 50 years have deteriorated, (laughs) gone, dead, gone from the earth. Thank God for Reverend Ike. Thank God for the legacy of Reverend Ike. Because I've never heard so, so much truth before in 10 minutes in all my life. I came across Reverend Ike just a week ago, and it was a sermon that he was teaching about money. And I was doing some scrolling, and I'm sitting there going, I've never, this guy looks familiar, because he kind of looks like Jackie Wilson, you know, the singer. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, you know, I've, I've heard of a lot of uh, evangelists, you know, in the 70s. I remember they were all on the radio, AM, FM radio. Um, they, they were on late at night. They were on Sundays all day long, you know, Oral Roberts. And, and I just don't remember Reverend Ike. But then I remember, you know, going over a friend's house, you know, in Berkeley. And my friend's mom was talking about Reverend Ike. And then my other, my buddy, he was just making fun of it. He was like, oh, Reverend Ike, oh yeah, just give everybody money, la, 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 you know, having this whole thing. And I never thought anything else about it. I was like, oh yeah, hmm, evangelist on TV, 1-800, give him some money, yeah, 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 money. Everybody want the money. You know, start conditioning, start being conditioned by the environment around me. So that's the only way I'd heard of Doc, uh, Reverend Ike. Until I come across some of his teachings and preachings. And it's not what he is saying too much. It is what he's saying, but it's more of the conviction and compassion that this man has in his soul, in his eyes, in his vernacular, in his in his God godliness. He's doing an interview with, um, I forget this guy's name. Uh, Let me see if I can bring it up. Larry David? I think it was Larry David. No, that's not Larry David. I forget this guy's name. He's, I'm going to play a little excerpt. Keep this. Thou shalt not serve money, rather shall serve you. Thou shalt not be aware that money loves you. Thou shalt not fear money, that it will corrupt you. Thou shalt not deny money. If you deny money, money will deny you. Thou shalt not, thou shalt see to it that money makes money, 
Thou shalt not seek something for nothing. Absolutely. This is all very, very, very mercenary. It is indeed, and in this world it requires money. Money has its place. Remember Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God. That's the spiritual aspect of life, and we teach this. I just finished an eight-day series on spiritual priority at our church and school in New York. But Jesus says when you find the spiritual part within, the God within, then all of the things shall be added unto you. Come on, yo. Oh, my God. If that truth doesn't resonate with just one soul, one soul... I, I, I really don't know what to say. I've been speechless all freaking day, all past three or four days since I discovered the first video. And the lies, the lies. You know what these lies have costed? The li- these lies about being wealthy because a lot of what Reverend Ike is saying is has been said since... For the past hundred years, um, think and grow rich was based on that, and all this stuff is based on the Bible. It's just misinterpretations of the Bible to keep a people down, and not just actually because he is black. So it was, it was set up to keep black people down, to keep black people in their place. Imagine, if you will, Reverend Knight came out in the seventies. He did this. Um, he did a uh, his first open uh, uh, conference or preaching. Twenty thousand people show up in Madison Square Gardens in 1970. I think he said 1971. Yeah, yeah, to turn people away. There was so many people. But I, what I'm saying is, imagine the people because I was they were panning the camera around the audience. So what, what was a trip is that a lot of those people looked like. They dressed and looked like my grandparents. Everybody had this look. You know how everybody has a look now? Everybody had a look in the 70s. Afros, different hairstyles. Every every man was in a suit. Every woman had the church hats and dresses. They weren't showing thighs and legs. No, none of that. So it was a trip because he, you know, he looking for an amen. He's like, look, he's holding his ground. And he's speaking of money and people are just like not getting it. You can just see it in their face. So I'm thinking this, imagine this. Imagine if Reverend Ike was alive today, the generation that is here right now would soak this up. So my mission moving forward (laughs) is to, to bring his teachings forth because we've been duped. We've been duped. A lot of people have been duped. Those that get it, they got it. They got exactly what he was talking about. And they are living their best life on earth. Um, Wealthy. They passed it on to the generations. They taught what they learned to the next generation. And they have homes. They They have traveled. They have seen God's earth. You ever try to travel with no money? You ever gone somewhere and or gone on a vacation and you only have a certain amount of money? Now, that's not a vacation. That's I don't know what you want to call that. That's a getaway because a vacation is when you go somewhere and money is no object. 
You eat what you want to eat. You eat the best of what you're going to eat. You go where you want to go. You sightsee. You rent the cars that you want to rent. You, you're not worried. You're not turning around tags when you want to buy a jacket. You get what you want. You get what, what makes you feel good. You don't dilly-dally around stuff and, you know, ch- checking tags and, oh, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. You can't afford things you, in another country. You have no business there. <laughs> you have no business there. You should have an unlimited supply and access to money if you're traveling. I mean, look what happened with the the girl from Russia. You know, she, I guess she didn't have that much money. She couldn't bail herself out of Russia. That's probably a crazy example, but it's true. If she had a lot of money, and I mean a lot, (laughs) before going to Russia, one, she would have never carried weed into Russia if, you know, she wouldn't have done it. That's the bottom line with that. We can shut that down right there. But... My calling is is real. My calling is real. I knew it was a reason. I knew I knew I've had a reason. I knew I've had a mission, but I've just been stuck in a rut because things that I've I've learned, and it's not just Reverend Ike, but Reverend Ike has put the icing on the cake because it's been leading up to this. Like something is missing. Something is not right. And it's why I haven't wanted to build a life with someone because I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't have a blueprint to live a great life. You don't go marrying somebody broke. <laughs> you, know? you, 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 why do you say two rats? Two rats can't come together and have another rat. It's true. Two unwealthy, un, un, uh, educated, un, unsanctified, uncoached people. I don't care how much they think they are in love or in lust. Cannot come together and try to make a family without a blueprint like Reverend Knight. His excuse to succeed yeah so um i i just recommend i mean there's so many videos online it's ridiculous you can go to his uh legacy site i've been sending messages to to their group on facebook let me tell you it is Oh, it's so great. You And if you go online, you can actually get... Uh, you sign up, you get three gifts. You get a free ebook. You get to learn to use your God-given mind power to get what you want in life. You can get free seven lessons, visualization e-course via email, and a free audio visualization prayer treatment for abundance. All for free. All for free. And so, I mean, and there's no double talk. That's what I, I think that's what I like the most. There's no double talk. You know, a lot of ministers and preachers, they throw a lot of double talk. They throw Bible verses in there that throw you off and try to make it seem like what they're saying is, is, is in alignment with what God wants you to know, what your inner God is saying. It's not even true at all. Trust me, I'm speaking from life's experience. I've ran into 
and it's not just ministers and preachers. I've run into synagogues, uh, rabbis, priests, you know, bishops who have been taught, who have been teaching this nonsense of staying broke on God's green earth. Are you kidding me? This is heaven. You're supposed to live this heaven in the physicality. Enjoy the labors of love. You actually think God created earth for you to live in the box and then die in a box without seeing the earth? No way. No one, no one in their right mind, no one with all the money in the world or less money in the world can tell me that that is the truth right there. And if they if they try to tell you that's the truth, they're a lie. <laughs> they're lying because they don't want you to reach a status of wealthiness. So they're gonna lie to you and they're gonna tell you you're unworthy. You don't you can't go out there learning this stuff. You have to go to missionary school for four years. You have to study the Bible here and there. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. No, no, it's not true. It's not true at all. Not true at all. Reverend Ike can lay down the blueprint for you. He's got it all. It's all right there. And if you ask me, I, I think America, African Americans in particular, got it wrong. To the point that Reverend Ike said, he, he doesn't like the word follower. I don't like the word follower. I hate the word followers. He said, I don't, I don't, I don't have followers. I don't want nobody following me. I want them to follow themselves. <laughs> I want them to hear what's already for them. They need to follow the word of God, the God within them. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what the man said. Yeah, so. Whoop, there it is. On that note, I'm going to leave you with a with a message, with a, with a prayer. Let me see if I have a prayer for money or wealth. Let's see. Let's see here in my book of scientific prayers. Let's see. Here we go. M-N. Let's see. Prosperity. Ooh. Prosperity. Ooh. Check this out. Oh, this is good. This is good. I gotta read this one. I gotta read this one. Alright. Oh, this is this is good. So prosper actually is spelled out. Proves, reaps, operates, serves, produces, expresses, receives. Love it. Now to him that is able to do exceeding, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Ephesians 3 and 20. God proves through me by opening the windows of heaven and pouring out such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. Hallelujah. <laughs> God reaps through me a harvest, that's R, 
harvest of good things, the fullness of life outpictured in my experience. God, oh, operates through me to give me the ability and skill to succeed in all that I undertake. God, S, serves and prosper and serve. The S, it serves through me freely, giving forth the best that is in me, and I am blessed a hundredfold. There's the P, God produces through me with, with ease and assurance all that I need for a successful and abundant life. It's like abundant. God expresses through me a wealth of ideas which become my abundant supply. God receives through me his perfect life, ever expanding into endless expression, and no good thing will be withheld. And so it is. And no good thing will be withheld. Now, isn't preaching to someone about how they shouldn't be abundant in their life, that they shouldn't have good things, that they shouldn't have money, that they shouldn't have the money in the bank to do great things on earth. Does that sound like it's in alignment with prosperity to you? Not to me. <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a crock of haterism. And if you're asking me, yeah, I was talking about the followers and look what happened to the other followers. They end up assassinating these two leaders. You know? You know what two leaders I'm talking about in the 70s? Assassinated them. Because people were following. They were following. And were they message trying to get people to live their best life through through money, using money to, to build their life on earth, to build God's kingdom on earth? No. It was all about their dream. It was all about their vision. It was about, all about their journey and what they're doing. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Nah. Follow someone to damnation. And in your last hours, it'll click in. Wow. I spent my whole life broke. Listening to my broke parents. <laughs> and it broke ideas. With a broke life. And you don't get a chance to do it over. How about that? You don't get a second chance. You don't get a second chance. Once it's done here on the earthly plane, it is done. Now, I imagine that if you don't get it right, you make some plea in your last hours with God and God, bring me back. Please just bring me back. I, I, I know I messed up. I messed up. Just bring me back. Give me one more time. God might be like, OK, all right, I'll bring you back as a cat. <laughs> Or maybe a squirrel, or maybe a rooster, maybe a pig, maybe a dog, maybe a, a baby. You ever hear about those babies that come back and they know 
more than they're supposed to know reincarnated maybe um come back and and uh crib death there's no explanation for that people are like oh god how could god do this no this god can have anything to do with that maybe this person was trying to cross back over you know get a second chance and look at the sorrow that they brought onto the parents that were trying to bring a child into this world. That's just a theory I have about that. But you just don't want to be on your deathbed having any regrets about living your best life on the physical plane of this beautiful blue planet called Earth. I have suffered and I have suffered at the demise of abuse, neglect, um, no love. Love isn't telling your kid that you you make them sick, that you, you make them sick, you know? Love isn't yelling and screaming at your child over and over. Love isn't exposing your child to the things of the world on one hand and then God on the other hand. That's not love. That's not God. That's not, that's not life. That's not living. And I've, I've, it's caused a lot of confusion in my life. Enough to where I was ready to take my life. I was ready to leave this planet. Done. Going crazy. You know? Going crazy, literally. People go crazy all the time, every day. Because they're stuck in this confused world of what they were taught as children. Not the way. Not good. But it's gonna get good if I have anything to do with it. It's gonna get good. It's gonna get real good for this new next generation. And that's if they're willing to learn and understand what I'm learning right now today. What I've been learning all week from the science of living from Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike's been telling the truth for God knows how long. He said he was around when lunch was seven cents, and he said from that day on, he said. He made it the Lord's will that, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So long as the Lord God is my guide, I shall not want a day in my life because I'm going to trust that God has my path and he's got my back because I'm going to have God's back because I'm going to teach them how to make money, keep money. And, and keep it in generations for generations. That's how you do it. That's why African Americans are, are not in a good situation these days. And look what happened. They, they, they get the money and they just end up following the worldly nonsense. You know? Oh, we want to make those kind of movies too. We want to create more darkness too. We want to create our own alcohol. We want to create all the stuff that doesn't work for us in the first place. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Well, yeah, it is insane. It's an insane world, but I'm wide awake now. I am wide awake. And tomorrow's going to be a brand new day. It's going to be a brand new day in a new way anyway. I'm meeting up with some of my buddies that I haven't seen in about 20 years. They're all in the music industry. And, um... 
We're going to have some fun tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Last time I had fun was last Saturday. <laughs> that was with my boy Gabe Jones. Um, that was that was too much fun. And, and again, Gabe, if you listen to this podcast, love you, brother. Love you like a brother. I feel like we, we like brothers from another. Um, we just got different parents. But um, I've always felt that from the moment I met this dude. Because he has an energy about him that's that's you know that that's good it resonates with me that's how i make friends i don't make friends just you know i don't let anybody in my life you know when i meet somebody and the energy is right i go with it i go friend for life done you know we may not talk for 20 years 10 years 30 years 40 years doesn't matter if we're good we're good that's god that's the god i see the god in people that's what makes me different i see the god in people and I see other things in people, and those things I see that's not God. I I tend not to even hang out with those people. They'll, they'll probably never hear from me ever again. <laughs> I gave everybody a chance, everybody, especially in L.A. County. I gave L.A. County. That's why I still say the Bay to L.A. Because some people heard heard my call. Some people knew who I was in their midst, and a lot of people just didn't. And they're going to be kicking themselves in the butt later. They're going to be kicking themselves hard. It's like he was right here. He was right here. He was teaching us what he knew right now. He was trying to bring the community together based on what he had been learning. This was the next. I was out there trying to teach people how to how the Jews were doing it with their business, basically. I was in there doing, I was doing seminars to, to, uh, rooms of like, you know, 50, 20 people at a time, veterans, old black people though, who were stuck in their ways. I should have known better, but I feel like, you know, oh, fresh, fresh face, new energy. You know, let me, let me show you what, you know, what I've learned over the past 25 years in my professional life, you know? how the Jews work, how they create business, how they create community, how they talk to each other. No different from us, but we just don't do it. We just don't get it together. It's all this envious nonsense nonsense and haterism and hate for money. Talk to anybody that's Jewish out there. You ask them how how they feel about money. Well, they won't have a problem telling you because they're they're owning the banks. (laughs) They own the banks. They own the entertainment industry. They own the media industry. They know about the money. They know what Reverend Ike is talking about is the truth. They know this. And they've taught it to their children. Now, whether their children listened once they got the generation wealth, that's totally up to them. But they're like, look, this is how you do it. This is how it's done. And you can have all the friends you want. But, you know, if they're not in alignment with this, they'll be in your pocketbooks. So you might want to stay on this path. Because it's going to help you in the long run. And it's going to help your children, their children's children. You know, we've been through a lot. So, you know, we got to look out for our own. The African-Americans here, the blacks here, the Negroes, the coloreds, whatever you want to call them. My birth certificate says Negro. (laughs) The Negroes here missed the entire lesson. And because of that, an entire generation wiped out totally wiped out between the 60s and now totally wiped out totally don't 
those who had it, knew it, didn't get it, fell into the nonsense of dense, low vibration food, haterism, hater self-talk, ignorant talk, gone, off the planet, didn't leave anything behind, have nothing to show for. They're in unmarked graves. Their, they, their ashes have been spread in the oceans. Their memory's gone. Anything that they did worthwhile, done. I've known black people who have died, white people have died over the past couple years due to a pandemic. Their children, you know what their children did? Took their stuff and just threw it in storage. <laughs> Others just threw it all away. Oh, this is all this nonsense. Are you kidding me? The guy was a sage. Yeah, he, 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 he taught me about health and wellness. You gonna throw all this stuff away? Yeah, throw it away. Oh, it's rubbish anyway. I'll just get the money that he's left over, you know. He wasn't a great dad anyway. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you try to build a, a foundation on planet Earth and not have, not have God in your life, not understand that you are a part of God. That if money is what you need, I mean, Reverend Ike has 10 commandments. Here, I'll read them real quick. Ran out of, I got about seven minutes. I even added my own. Now, he, he believes, I believe in 10 commandments. 10 commandments are awesome. But he said, you know, let me, let me write, you know, some more commandments that people don't get. I'm going to read them off. I thought they were awesome. I'm, I'm going to build my church, my ministry, based on these commandments and God's regular commandments. Because these commandments are on point. God's commandments are on point, trust me. But this is where he kind of got it from. <laughs> but he made it so simplified that a child could get it. A child could get this. Peep this. Thou should not think that money is evil. That's the first one. That's a good one. That's a good way to start it off. Thou shall not speak evil of money. Thou shall not do no. Thou shall do right about money. Thou shall give right about money. Thou should not serve money; rather, it shall serve you. Uh, thou should not be aware that money. Money hates you or something. I forget what he said right there. Thou should not fear money or it will corrupt you. Thou should not deny money. If you deny money, money will deny you. Thou shall see to it that money makes money. Thou should not seek something for nothing. I added my own right here. Thou should use money to generate, to create generational wealth. Hallelujah. That's the end of this podcast for the Intelligent Human Voice Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Pat Man. It's been a blessing. Uh, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Reverend Ike. Thank you, Reverend Ike's son, um, for your legacy, for your information. I will share it as often as I can. Um, and, and yeah, done. Peace. Thank you.